Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everybody, welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Rich Hudson. Good afternoon. And Peter Graves. Good afternoon. Man is new, but man is checking out a whole bunch of different things that we do, so he's dropped by for a lovely little podcast. Yes, I have. He's loving it. Right. So we've got a whole bunch of different things. Uh, a whole load of news happened this week. We had the Tokyo Game Show. We had a whole load of stuff with MPs and microtransactions and loot boxes and whatever. Um, so we've got things that we can touch on. You can also check on the regular uh, What Culture Gaming channel where we have more in-depth videos, things that went on for uh, 10 minutes on specific topics and whatever. Um, but I just thought we'd run down a whole load of stuff. Um, um, so I'm going to open with Resident Evil. Um, I don't know if you guys have already seen the stuff that came out of Tokyo Game Show. Yep. Um, the no. fact that they... Okay, so they led with this thing <laughs> called Project Resistance. They sort of tweeted okay, this thing yeah. out. They were like, oh, we're going to do this thing called Project Resistance. Turns out it was a Resident Evil outbreak, sort of semi-sequel, like an online multiplayer oh, nice. group-based thing, which coming after Resident Evil 2 is, for me, is one of the best fit, foot, feet forward they could do other than just remaking another Resident Evil. Um, I guess off the bat, what do you guys think of just online group-based Resident Evil? I love the idea. Same. I'm genuinely surprised about the fact that how many people have gotten really pissy about this like looking <laughs> looking at all the videos of the, all the uploads on the various channels they've uploaded the same footage over and over again it's had a load to hate and it's like it's dead by it's, it's, it's dead by daylight meets resident evil mm-hmm. that's really cool he like, also plays mr x if you're on just like but exactly people. yeah it's like i don't i don't get why this is why this is being um proverbially proverbially shat on mm. like i think it's just the idea that oh it's another online thing yeah rather than saying oh why is it not resident evil 8 why is it not resident evil 3 remake it's like mm-hmm. give them give them a break give them a chance <laughs> to do something really cool because you mm-hmm. never know it might be really good it could be really bad there's also like it could plenty, be bad yeah there's plenty <laughs> leaks that like the re3 remake remake is coming so it's like, yeah that will be happening I, as a little stopgap thing it'd be nice mm-hmm. i mean i'm excited to give it a go because i loved resi 2 mm-hmm. so i'm keen to try this fancy bit of online shooting um, I'm not really much of an online gamer to be honest. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm not like I'm never against it. Mm-hmm. So, like, why not just have both? In fact, when games come out that are just online, mm-hmm. I'm always kind of disappointed because like, oh, that game looked good, but I don't. I'd want a single player story Actually, yeah, campaign like, like Destiny. Like that, I always I never played it, but mm-hmm. it looked good, and then I found out it was just online. Or even um, I never got into any of the Fallout games, and then oh, they released okay. Fallout '76, and I was like, oh, it's a new one. I'll get it because I haven't played it before. And then it was online. So you want your old school Fallout? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You want your three or four? Um, I think because yeah, they haven't mentioned if there's any sort of like worthwhile offline component. And the reason that I'm mentioning it in terms of like an overall news thing is that on a write up on Eurogamer, um, they noted that <laughs> Capcom are openly saying that it might not even make it to release. This whole idea of this online Resident Evil thing. Um, they're basically looking at a lot of fan feedback, which is like you said, is pretty negative. Um, at the minute, they've got a beta scheduled for October the fourth to October the seventh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that is going to sort of keep an eye on the general fandoms and the feedback and everything. And if everybody starts to hate it, maybe they just pull the plug on it all together. 
that's really peculiar because the yeah. hate that I've seen has been like 50-50 when right. you look at likes, dislikes on YouTube videos for mm-hmm. it, it. It seems very split. I think I think it's just people saying, people being salty, they want Resi 8, they want Resi 3. Yeah, yeah. They mm. don't want something new because admittedly, Resident Evil's um, track record of multiplayer hasn't been very good. No, I mean, like the nearest comparison was that Resident Evil outbreak from like back in like 2003, which you had to buy a separate modem to get online on the PS2 and whatever. Um, but the feel of Resident Evil, I mean, so many people checked out Resi 2. Like I know that you got into it this year. Yep. And it's like that game's combat model is just so solid. Like yep. I like the idea of putting that online, um, especially in a world without like a current Left 4 Dead or whatever. There's not really a go-to... Vermintide. Which one? Vermintide. What's that on? Vermintide. What console's that on? Everything, mate. Is it? Yeah. As a PC I men- mentioned, that, this, mentioned this literally last <laughs> week, Scott. <laughs> I think if, um, if you're going to sort of like look at the general sort of niche that I think something like Left 4 Dead's left behind, yeah, Vermintide's a good uh, a go-to. I think it's on Xbox as well. It is. Yeah, so like, is. yeah, you can kind of go to that. Um, but if you just want to shoot like regular zombies and not crazy demons, um, that seems to be something that maybe they can tap into because there isn't... The next thing that Turtle Rock's doing is bound for blood, but that's not until like next year. Oh. So there is something like that. I don't know. Depends on what you like shooting uh, a whole bunch of different zombies. Um, of thing I can throw in, which I found um, from a different a user on Twitter called Samir AID, Samir Aid, Mr. Big Aids, said that he found out uh, exactly how much the Switch will track your playtime in terms of the hour count. There is actually a number that it maxes out on, which what do you guys think it is? Is it like a parental control thing? No, it's like, so when you play something on Switch, you can go into your profile and it'll list, like, oh, you've played this game for 100 hours, which like, right, okay. I have 120 hours banked on the new Zelda. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So it's like, there's that, but the Switch thing does max out eventually. What do you think it is? 999. Close. Good, sir. 999,000. Oh, he's, to be fair, <laughs> it is 9,999. And apparently that's when it just stops. That's when it thinks you've done enough. You can't play anything else anymore. This There's is no top fifth news, digit. Man. Hey, I mean, I wanna, I, I'm I bet, curious. That means eventually I will hit that mark on Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because Wait, for some well, reason that's my most played game on Switch. Mm-hmm. Is that all, like, of all time on one game? That, yeah. yeah, that's per game. So, so I guess like, you, oh, you've... You've definitely done as much as you could. By date of the game, if you managed to play 10,000 hours of a game, the Switch would just stop. The Switch is just done. Ah, never mind. Okay, you're a loser. That's like the (laughs) equivalent of like a platinum or whatever. Um, So this is a write-up on the gamers, um, sort of applied some mathematics and stuff to it. Um, Said that if the, for Breath of the Wild, it released on March 3rd, 2017. So for 9,999 hours to apply to that game, um, the person would have had to have played 10 hours and 50 minutes a day since 2017, which is (laughs) some hardcore gaming. I mean... I'm surprised you haven't matched that yet, Scott. That's kind of what I thought I was on. I mean, I guess I moved on to stuff after the first year, <laughs> but I was I was averaging about 10 hours a day. But wow. um, I guess in terms of Switch stuff, I don't know, when was like, is that the most time? What's the most time that you guys have put into a game where that's something that's remotely comparable? I haven't like sunk 10 hours a day on something since like Metal Gear Solid Five. Ooh, It's been a while. Simpsons hit and run. <laughs> I was like, uh, you know, bringing it back, got the PS2 out of the uh, loft or whatever nice. and just started smashing through all the levels, just trying mm-hmm. to find every card and everything. And then you find like there's a, a cheat sheet on the thing of mm-hmm. where they are and then you wish you'd start looking Did you go through the, the whole story beginning. again to that minging final level? The, what, the one with the zombies? The one with, what's the one you guys got stuck Alien on? Alien Auto Topsy Part 3. Yeah. The last level of the game oh, is the is absolute where you're, race? With, where you're with uh, Homer and Grandpa trying to deliver the uh, toxic yeah, waste in the spaceship yeah. at school and you, you tap the car with anything, it gets breathed on and it yeah, explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a bit of a, a, a negative way for that game to end, considering it's such a brilliant game otherwise. It is awesome. I mean, I, know, I, mean, I thought it was difficult, but I never really hated it. Oh, right, no, it I gets mean, hard yeah. at the end, it's definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't think of a game on Switch I could manage to play for 10,000 hours. <laughs> I genuinely yeah. don't, unless they manage to release Planet Coaster for the Switch. Oh, God. Maybe. There we go, name dropped it. Name dropped uh, it. I don't know. I, I couldn't think. Yeah, like I said, I think my most played game on, on Switch is Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which mm-hmm. is about 150 hours, mm-hmm. I want to say. 
Something that's more um, like arcade, I guess, is easier yeah. to save time into. Breath 10, of the Wild. 10,000 hours is a lot. I don't even know what you time. do in Breath of the Wild for 10,000 hours. No, exactly. You do every single shrine puzzle. Oh. Um, so, something else that uh, came out about uh, Shenmue 3 is that, because that's obviously finally about to come out. I think the release date is like next month or whatever. Ooh, um, November 19th. Yes. Oh, man, are you a, are you a big Shenmue fan? I like looked it up. You dropped the news. Good. Ten cool. Ago. Never <laughs> even heard of it before. Okay, so like the whole thing with Shenmue, obviously, massive cult franchise. A lot of people have stood by it as one of the most, you know, pivotal games all, of all time. And we'd never uh, get a part three. Benji. Yada yada. Mr. Benjamin is on holiday at the minute. Sadly, he could not run in right now and yeah, screw about how much he loves it. But um yeah, so Shenmue 3, there's just this sort of little little news thing that came out because of the way that it started out. Like originally it was a Kickstarter and then it got um it got managed to get a publisher. And um, it was announced on stage at Sony Z3 in, in like 2016 or whatever. Um but the most recent thing is that they've said that if you don't like what they've finally come up with you only have two weeks to get a refund even though it was this big set records as a kickstarter project um so you must you have to play it within two weeks after the launch day or you'd have it forever that's interesting because how are they how are they going to do refunds for it on particular platforms i guess well i guess they i don't know unless they do like a like a code-based system and just do it through their that's weird because obviously it's on it's being released on xbox playstation 4 and the epic games Door, I, I want to so. say so it's like I don't know whether Epic has got oh Epic sorry do have a refund policy but it's mm-hmm. very very convoluted right PlayStation don't have one at all nope and Xbox do oh god they seem to have them for like a 24 hour thing something where, like yeah. that I mean two weeks is two weeks is more than enough time that's pretty that's pretty good mm-hmm. but my my instant thing is like how are they gonna how are they gonna refund you yeah and it's just, that's it's, what I find peculiar because those like I said that 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 means isn't there for the consoles is for the PC it depends mm. on whether they get a, a, a wrangle over Epic Games which they won't no it's um, like it's a weird comparison like you said like most um, platforms like the major platforms they, they, they'll only give you like a few hours like especially with the Steam digital Steam is two hours right, of yeah. gameplay to, to give it back mm. I didn't even know you could get refunds off games I just kind of just keep them and like, like oh, <laughs> oh that was a bit naff but uh, I guess I'll it hold on to it maybe they just mean looks like, good on the shelf you know? <laughs> maybe they just mean like second hand stores like you go to CEX and it's like sorry guys it's been two weeks we can't, know, just, yeah, can't yeah, accept yeah, this anymore yeah, comes down <laughs> shut like, come down 40 quid on it here's a tenner <laughs> I mean I like the idea of like um, I love the idea of a potential future where digital games can also be refunded for some sort of currency that gets you something else I mean Steam just gives you your money back yeah it's great it's just like within like time I, windows I, I it harder. stuff as well mm-hmm. no it's interesting that I mean the, the first thing that comes to mind when I say is okay you can you can refund this within two weeks it makes me think they're looking at their game and going Ah, balls. <laughs> mm. this, could, this, this could go down really weirdly. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I think they 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 know the position they're in. Shenmue mm-hmm. is obviously so legendary within the industry, and yet this could go completely Pete Tong. Yeah, like it could be really bad, and I think they know that. That's probably why they're saying, "Don't worry, we're not. You're not going to be completely left in the dark if you don't like it." Mm-hmm, but. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it doesn't feel you have much confidence. It's does weird it? because like the recent footage of it. I mean, um, they seem to be making a game that looks like it's set in, like it, it's made in the nineties. Like they're deliberately doing something that's a throwback, like very primitive facial animation, very much like quite simplistic animation in terms of fight mechanics. Is that not just bad? It could well. No, it depends what you have to. If you're a Shenmue unfinished. fan, if, I think if you're a Shenmue fan, yeah. you're loving that old school stuff. Right. Yeah, so. it's a stylistic choice. Yeah, right, even right, though right, like right. You say, it does, the facial animation is terrible. Stylistic choice. <laughs> it, looks like yeah. they're just, it looks like they're taking a PS2 game and giving it a really good lighting engine. Yes, like, which like which, which is that essence of like eighth gen just trickling in mm-hmm. to, yeah, to look, Shenmue three. Look more like a remaster, you know, like when you do like, yeah, a remaster, and, it, and especially the trailer how it's like panning over everything. It's just sort of like, oh, look how much better it looks now. We made some worlds, like not much gameplay, but we made some worlds. Remind me of Zelda Breath of the Wild, actually. Oh, okay. Uh, a bit. The, color the first, the color pal- I mean, maybe it's just because of the, the panning shots over mm. everything, but uh, yeah. Just hey, if they, if they can get some goodwill on the level of Breath yeah. of the Wild, they'll be loving it. Um, going back to the two weeks, was it? The, mm-hmm. You can yeah, play, surely if it's like a, such a cult game, mm-hmm. then 
people the people that are going to buy it and play it they're probably going to complete it in two weeks anyway so sure they can just like oh i played it and i want to refund <laughs> exactly so yeah two weeks is a more than good enough period mm-hmm. for it but it depends on whether they're just saying that and then xbox go xbox and playstation go but we don't have a refund policy what do you mean and then yeah, epic go yeah, ours yeah. is this 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 like you need to give a kidney to epic to mm-hmm. get a refund i'd assume that'd be really strange like but... they would track how many hours you played like they must know oh, if right, you yeah, finished yeah, the game yeah. within that two up to two week thing um but with shenmue like it kind of this sort of news comes after the whole thing where they announced a whole bunch of pre-order bonuses and mm-hmm. um, which the kickstarter backers don't get um you have to purchase them separately oh, which is like gosh. that was just a weird move considering that the kickstarter thing was what got it off the ground in the first place um and like for me i was like that's that's a bit of a kick in the teeth backing video games on kickstarter it's a dangerous thing it's especially weird, it? right now yeah. with with th- with companies like epic buying out kickstarted games and then like almost negating the money that's been donated mm. by crowdfunders to get those games online we had it with um Oh god, there's like three of them, and I can't think of what they are. Well, there's, there's, like, there's, been, there's been uh, there's been loads, of, mm-hmm. a couple of games that have been like some have been coming for years, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Epic have bought them out now, and they're it's gonna like, go through that, and it's like, oh, good, thanks. Yeah, it's a weird thing in there. This generation, like like I mentioned, Double Fine and Tim Schafer, like they've started crowdfunding stuff before, and then signed on to a different company later, and like for Double Fine uh, particularly, they just signed on with Xbox. They've just been bought by Microsoft. I think Psychonauts Two has been is their last project without mm-hmm. Xbox, though. I think they might they might be publishing it instead, but I don't think they're going against anything that's happened with Kickstarter no, no. in the past that has happened it's just in terms of like a discrepancy it's weird like the idea of Kickstarting and crowdfunding was to help indie projects get off the ground like you know everyone mucks in together and throws their money in and then we all we all do it together but like that sometimes the attention that those um, projects get means that some publishers come in and go actually we can fund it and then it ends up yeah. kind of changing like the mentality behind what got it so off the ground so it's just like buying the movie rights and then not releasing it sometimes i guess it depends how it goes afterwards like um so, like peter molyneux stuff is like notorious for like getting like an idea off the ground and then even mm-hmm. if he signs on with different publishers he just spins his wheels forever right, so it's kind of right, it yeah, seems yeah. to go like project by project um speaking of projects that have spun their wheels in a notably public fashion fallout 76 which you mentioned before oh. um the recent thing with <laughs> that good. the big big um controversy with that at the minute is that basically for a lot of players who have played fallout 76 since uh, launch um one of the mechanics in that game is that you can accrue different um collectibles and food stuff and consumables and stuff um, a lot of food that will go rotten over time like obviously they're playing into the survivalist aspect mm-hmm. of yeah, it yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of players were like looking for a way to store um, items um, so Bethesda were like well we can patch in a fridge but you gotta pay for it yep. so that was the, the, the nearest thing they could've just given us a nice free fridge I, no. The five How much they charging? Seven dollars. Seven quid. Seven hundred <laughs> like five, six, six pounds-ish. Yeah, Seven hundred atoms, but, baby. Um, a lot of fandom comparing it to uh, the Broken Steel DLC on Fallout 3 because that was uh, ten dollars. Oh, sorry, ten, yeah, nine ninety-nine in dollars um, for that whole additional you know, mission set and dialogue and everything. Way more than a little digital fridge, which, you know, a bit of a yeah. sign of the times. It was, uh, what was it? There was something... Um, Oh, it was the, the bag gate with Fallout 76. <laughs> when they said, gate. oh, okay, you've got this really bad bag. Let's give you a new one. Uh, we've got it on the way. Oh, here's 500 atoms. Just, mm-hmm. just you know, sorry, sorry, sorry. You go into the game. Oh, you can buy that bag in game to use. Oh, it's 700 atoms. It's more. It's Which more than what they gave us. Even that, oh. even the pricing of this, um, $7 uh, in real money is 700 atoms again. Yeah. So even if you kept on your lovely refunded money from, from bag gate, you still couldn't you afford still a fridge. You can't have a fridge. So it's just, they just, I don't think they but know it's, the, the thing is, like, they, they said outwardly at the beginning, this is going to be only cosmetics in this store. And when I was playing 76, it was only cosmetics. And then they were like, here's repair kits. And right. then here's the refrigerator that slows food from rotting and stuff like mm. that. And it's like, what are you doing? Do you like, think like just you've got a the... game that was sort of clawing its way out and mm. trying to make like I'm really quite excited at the end of the year when they release the Wastelanders DLC. I'm going to get back into 76 and see if it's like any better. Mm-hmm. 
but they're still kind of like pulling it back in the well. They just they keep dragging it back down by doing stuff like this. It's mm-hmm. like, come on, Bethesda. I mean, like, because you mentioned like you were a bit put off by like the online aspect of it and stuff. Yeah, and generally everyone sort of pandered. Love they? it. Is, like, is anything? Well, the fridge isn't going to get you back in, but is no, any of the other yeah, stuff yeah. we've mentioned enticed um, you a bit? Not really. I've Battle never, Royale, no. It's not the best. There's plenty of free ones of them online. It's yeah, exactly. Uh, But I don't really play them either. So Mm -hmm. So you're either better off avoiding it altogether or waiting long enough that they patch in a feature that's more worthwhile playing. Um, But do you think, like with this, do you think that they're just trying to get away with more because the spotlight's not on them as much? I think so. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's because you know Bethesda have this approach of they they say, oh, we've got this really good, this incredible fandom, this incredible community Mm -hmm. that keep playing our games. You know, the whole of Bethesda's E3 conference this year, they have those little interchangey bits, one at the beginning, one at the end, and a few in the middle. They're Mm -hmm. like, these are our people, these are our players. Like, oh, I really like Bethesda. I love the worlds you do. That's they just play themselves off we're, ma- so we're making the games for you and mm. it's like yeah but when you when you hear films saying we made this film for the fans you've got things like Batman v Superman or mm. Suicide Squad and it's like they say that because the films are crap <laughs> and they're trying yeah, to play yeah, it off yeah. as like oh we're doing it for fan service that's mm-hmm. never always the best thing mm-hmm. so yeah they're just trying to they're just trying to milk that bit of community because you know there's still a lot of people playing 76 yeah. it's, it's genuinely surprising how many people are still playing 76 mm-hmm. Um, the idea of it is, is decent conceptually like, you know. it's fantastic as mm-hmm. I, I will always stand by that mm-hmm. but yeah I think they're just trying to bleed those consumers dry but it's like I think every time they do something like every time they try and dip their toe in the water it scares off another chunk of fans Yeah, like this fridge stuff like repair kits was a while ago mm-hmm. and now it's this fridge and it's like surely you'd give them you, that'd be the kind of thing you just patch in. Well, surely, I mean, like the uh, the broken steel thing got mentioned, but like um, that reminds me of like the end of Fallout Three, which notoriously ended on like a, a weird choice that you quote unquote didn't have to make. Like um, spoilers for Fallout Three, but um, the final sort of choice in that game involves um, having to pull a switch in a room that is irradiated. So if you go into there, you're going to die. But right. one of your companions is a mutant and is completely uh, like is completely <laughs> immune to radiation. So it made perfect sense that they could just go pull the switch yeah. and you wouldn't you have to kill you yourself. You couldn't tell them to go in. Yeah. So like Bethesda <laughs> addressed that and said, well, we'll release a patched ending and a whole bunch of extra stuff. That you you can do as an end game but we're going to charge you for it and it's just like okay like you've kind of got this weird sort of line that they're trying to walk where like they're trying to serve the fans and oh it's for you and we listen to you and yeah, everything yeah, yeah. but we're going to charge you for it and it's like it's a weird new um apex of crap to then be yeah. well we're going to charge you for a fridge That's sort of like charging you for a test and then charging you when you say oh that was that was crap so mm-hmm. uh, here's another one and then yeah it'll be that'll like, do yeah, better yeah, even though yeah. we still get to put like a price tag on it like i said it's a shame that they, they keep digging fallout 76 into a hole mm-hmm. it's a shame it's sort of sitting it's 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 like uh there's an equal force on both sides there's part of it pulling itself back out of the ground and there's another bit pulling it down again and it's mm-hmm. like it's going to get to wastelanders and then it'll be like launch all over again maybe like, i mean just, like, it, we'll jump in and go oh okay it's actually not as much better as I thought. Mm. Like, I think it's like Bethesda have a history at the minute, or the last few years, especially this generation overall, of just getting in their own way. Like, they just they yeah. don't seem to be able to just not Bethesda it too much. Like, yeah. they either need to give it more breathing room so something's more polished at launch, or not get in the way of, like, DLC practices or patches and things like this. Like, there's just so many instances now across this generation where, like I said, they just they can't seem to just let something breathe for a bit. Um, I'm going to quickly mention uh, Gears 5. Um, I think you guys covered this in the main news. We did. Um, because it's on, uh, on, it's just worth, like, talking about this state of Gears 5 just quickly because obviously it's massive fight, you know, newest installment in a legendary franchise and everything. Um, and the piece of news that kind of came out of it is that it's overtaken Fortnite as the most played game on Xbox Live right now. Um, only on the dashboard it comes up underneath the most played tab ahead of yep. Fortnite. So there aren't any specific statistics to say like, well, there are more consecutive players or whatever. Um, but at least it seems like it's kind of getting back out there as like this, yeah. you know, known quantity. And God knows the Xbox One has needed an exclusive. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Because it's been a long year without anything else on there for us. Yeah, yeah so it's like one of the few games that I would actually potentially buy mm-hmm. an Xbox for because I've got a PS4, but um, I've always been... There's nothing that's ever really like sold me on getting the Xbox, but the Gears, Gears games I used to play on the 360, yeah, and this one's come out, and it just looks looks pretty sick. Mm-hmm. I think so. like they've needed something this big to tie onto Game Pass as well. Like the idea, you know, you just pay like a, a handful of notes, like whatever, like every month, and it's like here's like I, like something like Sea of Thieves, Crackdown Three, and Gears, and the Master Chief Collection, and everything. Even though those games didn't like make massive waves when they first launched, like the idea of getting a whole bundle package for a monthly price kind of finally makes Game Pass really make yeah. way more sense. I now. think they they needed that draw. I said this earlier. They needed that big thing to get people into Game Pass mm-hmm. because conceptually Game Pass is brilliant. I've been using it on PC. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. But they needed that thing to get people in and, and to have people realize that this thing, this is this is a thing. Yeah. Like it's it's I'm scrolling through these this this ridiculous library of games. Obviously it's uh, the PC one 
is dwarfed by the one on Xbox One. Right. But it's like, there's just so much here and I'm paying like a fiver a month it for it. It is weird. It's, it's, it is, I said to Josh, it's too good to be true. Yeah. It is too good to be true, but it's there. I but it's real. Maybe making a loss at this moment, just so people, it gets people talking about it. Because it does, like, I mean, obviously they haven't sponsored any coverage or anything, but it does feel ridiculous. It feels, like you said, too good to be true. I look yeah. at the list of games that you get for the price that they're asking, and it's like generations worth of stuff. Like, yeah. it's a, it is a ludicrous, um, I don't know, combination of uh, titles and franchises. But I think in Foresight, they can see that becoming a more like financially viable thing because mm. versus I said to Josh like versus a, a couple maybe a couple million sales at $60 a pop versus maybe a, like double that at five no, at four ninety nine a month mm-hmm. like that's going to be getting a lot of people in and like, I'm going to keep paying for Game yeah, Pass yeah it, it makes me curious how they're going to sort of monetize it on top of what they've done because they have the tiered one they have Game Pass and then Game Pass Ultimate and it's like that's pretty much it it's like what do you have like Game Pass Deluxe like Game Pass yeah. Premium like you know whatever it's like you've kind of set your price like unless you do a Netflix and just kind of bump it up by a couple of pounds a couple of dollars they might have to because like every time it happens with Netflix people don't really kick up that much of a fuss mm. at least not what I've seen because mm-hmm. it went up again literally like the other week yeah yeah, yeah yeah it's, so. it's weird the way it happens because obviously they can just beam it straight to your TV and it's not this big public event it's just sort of like oh we're charging you more okay button and it's like yeah okay fine yeah, let me watch the thing I was going to watch I just get an email and it's only like like yeah. 99p and it's like but then it's been then it's been 99p for the past few yeah, months like it it's, like, it's like they could have just if I stuck on a fiver at the 2017 <laughs> it would have been like wait mm-hmm. I think if they sort of like tweeted it out it would be like more of a thing yeah. but like the way that they do it with subscription models maybe can allow them to sort of tweak their prices a bit without it becoming this big sort of negative thing but they just focus on the people that pay for it yeah basically like mm-hmm. there's no point in people getting out there. there's no point in opening that door for outrage for people who don't use Netflix yeah. so they yeah, might as well just yeah, keep yeah, it within yeah. the bubble of people that actually pay for it because mm-hmm. if you're still paying for it it means you're still using it true and it's so, like once you're locked in it's like hey 99 pence to keep going like that's way more palatable yeah, yeah, than yeah. you know opening by saying it's 15 pounds a month or whatever yeah um also on the other side for gears 5 just to mention is that the state of that game is a mess like technically like that thing's has just bugs up the wazoo like i've played through the whole thing um but the amount of autosave bugs and the amount of people that have experienced them um like that game will just get to a point and just hang on on the saving icon forever and apparently it's because it has a whole load of server sync stuff it has to do right um which i think it's kind of hitching maybe because of the amount of people that are playing it um but unplug your ethernet maybe just put the console offline um but yeah the way that that game is at the minute it just it's just riddled with a whole bunch of bugs um even though the game itself is extremely solid like i i have like some issues with certain acts in it or whatever but overall it's a really solid package and it's a good sort of showcase of what you can get with game pass um but i'd be remiss to not mention the state of it technically because the reddit and various sources like social media posts and everything are on fire with how mm. much it's like yes five's doing really well it's like yeah but technically it's an absolute like tire fire so um yeah i mean the multiplayer seems to be a lot smoother than the campaign so hopefully the campaign sorts itself weird out. yeah that is weird i wonder if they just thought that people would get into the multiplayer like especially if you're on game passes yeah. oh, a couple of casual matches with my friends or whatever because they've all they're all trying it um i don't know how much they obviously like prioritized it but so far versus seems to be more stable than the campaign which just kind of falls apart at every yeah game. that's weird so there is that um nba 2k20 had a horrific launch as well we've kind of covered this um, yep. across the last week but um have you seen the footage of this beer no, i have not seen so it's a lovely little game you know nba as a fan of the 2K yeah, franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so um they pretty much just doubled down on the worst aspects of that series right. by just launching it and going head first on slot machines and uh, wheels of fortune roulette wheels and stuff to unlock things so it's like in amongst the conversation around how much are these practices regarded as gambling um, whoever designed their sort of unlock systems were just sort of like we're just going to kind of stare it in the face NBA 2K19 was the most egregious use of it Mm. ever like last year I remember because I did a video on it it was Mm -hmm. the like the dumbest ways developers try to get your money and I quoted a guy one of the like the heads of 2K who said 
microtransactions are an unfortunate consequence of modern gaming. It's like, no, <laughs> you're putting it there. Yeah, yeah you've made it's, it. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not like Microsoft and Sony and uh, Steam or Epic will say, do you have a microtransaction system mm. in your game? No? Well, then you're not going on the store. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. It's not that. a prerequisite. They just say, like, you know, the whole, all the budget stuff, that's one of the things that annoys me the most about it. Oh, it costs a lot of money to make a game. So does making a multi, like a hundred, two hundred, three hundred million dollar film, and yet mm-hmm. ticket prices, especially here, are a five or a pop. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. you don't pay for a, you don't pay a five to get in, and when they they add an intermission into the film and say, oh, well, by the way, we need the second five. Yeah, and of course, you and don't like, get that. But like, plus, like they're the ones that are setting the budgets. Like something like Hellblade yeah, yeah. proved that you could do a gorgeous AAA looking game on a way more reduced budget, and you know you need to look across like the indie space to find things that use Unreal Four and use things that make them look more visually appealing that can hang with the big names that don't cost ludicrous exorbitant amount of money, it, it, amounts of we, money. People People see straight through it. Yeah, there are other people who are already like, yeah, whatever. And mm-hmm. they say, oh, games cost money. Okay, whatever. Like, we'll keep, we'll keep paying money. But mm-hmm. it is, it's just all based on greed. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like you know, turning the game into a, a grind fest just to push people towards paying for it. It's, you Which know, Gears 5 has too, to be fair, if I'm going to drop that in. Yeah. Um, another thing that came out of this as well is just a whole bunch of different MPs sort of like trying to get it across. They had this whole report about the general state of these sorts of mechanics in games that age-wise, you could argue, are aimed at children. Like NBA is like... Uh, Fortnite. Yeah, Fortnite, Fortnite. and uh, NBA is all aged for all kind of thing. So the conversation that happened the last couple of days that a lot of MPs in the UK got together and just said, look, this stuff needs to be classified as gambling, um, gambling mm-hmm. to children, even if you're not... Well, they kind of are intentionally going, here's a slot machine, here's a like a roulette yeah, wheel yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, which I guess is like a wider conversation for a well, bit. Like, yeah, I would say you so. Know. Like, I totally think so. It's, it's like, literally like a roulette yeah. wheel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then, yeah. It's, it's blatant <laughs> gambling. Like, it, it, the, funniest, the funniest thing that could come out of this is the idea that every game that has any kind of loot box, like gamble uh, mm-hmm. slot machine system... 18. <laughs> because that's yeah. Yeah, gambling, gambling. Maybe. 18. Mm-hmm. Bosh. I think the way it, that they seem to argue it on the gaming uh, developer side or the publisher side, it's nearly always the publishers, oh, it's the um, publishers. it tends to be that, um, well, you're not wagering anything, you're not losing anything, well, um, and you're always going to get something back. It's just that then it gets into the weeds of like, how much worth is that duplicate that you got? Or how much worth does, it's, it's like the, It's like the weird toy YouTube channels that go and go to the, uh, like the, the capsule machines. Or like magic get, cards or something. Yeah, to mm-hmm. go and buy, I want, like somebody... Um, did uh, like there was a set of these uh, capsule machines that, that wanted all the set, and they mm. they they like worked out how much it would cost them to get every single one. There's like six or seven, eight of them, and it cost them hundreds of hundreds right, yeah, just to get them out of a physical machine. Mm-hmm. It's like it's yes, I understand that it's not necessarily gambling because you're not, as like you say, you're not wagering anything, but. It's it's a new form of it. It's so obvious. It's blatantly yeah. obvious. Especially like in terms of a thought process or like a mindset that you have when you go into that stuff. I mean, it's the stuff that EA were tapping into and they said, oh, people like it. People like surprise mechanics. Mm. And it's like, yeah, adults yeah, okay. might. Like like for the most part, a child like might enjoy it in the moment, but doesn't really see what the effect of it is going forward. Yeah. And um, yeah, I mean, it's a whole thing at the minute. The BBC is sort of looking into it and they published a lot of stories on it. A lot of um, uh, sort of stories and anecdotes coming from people who have uh, sent sort of emails and stuff in to the BBC saying, look, my child, I feel like my child's addicted to this. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, they're always asking for more, more money so i can spin the wheel again or yeah. whatever i mean if like the people that are spinning the wheels they're, they're obviously i mean i don't myself but like they're already willing to spend the money so mm. why don't you just like just say whatever is you know like if they're trying to get the best players in fifa or something like mm-hmm. for example and just like put them at a higher price and just say that's what they're worth you know, if you want to if you really want them just pay for it instead I, of doing yeah. the risk but again, i understand it, it, obviously it, you don't want to pay as much for those players by risking it you don't want to you might not spend it more mm-hmm. 
But yeah. I mean, like something like that, that like, always makes me think that you could have just like tiered playlists. Like, I mean, the way the industry yeah. refers to people like that, like the, the business people, the, the people with exorbitant amounts of, um, you know, disposable income. The whales. The whales. They always call them <laughs> whales. Like they have so much money, they're, they're the whales. We market to them. And so much game design is now targeted at them, even though it's not overtly the case in terms of the marketing and the advertising. Um, but that is the case. Um, put them in a separate playlist for me. Um, I would rather all those people that have all, if it's just a big money fight, I have more money than you, so I'm going to throw it at my character so he's more powerful than you. Then put that in a separate playlist. For me, that's maybe one of the only solutions to it because you'd have to you'd have to take it out of games like NBA. Yeah. Um, unless you want, like you said, I want to change the age rating. But if the mentality behind the people that are buying in so they can spruce their characters up is to be have a better character than the no, most expensive they always person just down hide, the street, they just always hide behind that. It's optional. It's like yeah. of course it is. It's optional to buy the game in the first place. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> I mean, people. I mean, people are like you know vote, voting with their wallets and you know uh, bombing reviews and stuff like mm. that. Like we were looking the other day, uh, NBA 2K20 is the second lowest rated game on Steam. <laughs> overall and there Good. are thousands of games on steam in mm -hmm. a second bottom i just i think there's i would love to know what design meeting they had where they obviously think they're a little bit cheeky just sort of putting slot like literally visual slot machines into a game to unlock the you know sort of like um player buffs and whatever different character cards and everything like they knew and they know exactly what they're doing and it's yeah, like yeah. i they must know that too so it's like it kind of is this weird sort of like cheeky approach that oh we'll just steer into it and then at least we know what we're doing or what we're offering um but it's it's the, one of the worst examples of the most predatory things that we've had this generation yeah. made visual like weirdly the NBA bad. of all things is the worst yeah. for it it's just because 2k are just sort of making a big cash grab I'm kind of waiting for a Borderlands 3 thing to explode which oh, is going to finally get oh, hands on that they're going to pull an Activision and drop it in like a few months <laughs> later aren't they I wouldn't be surprised oh baby spin the roulette wheel for an extra gun or whatever oh. um, we can quickly talk about uh, Tokyo Game Show it's still going on it's um, between the 12th and the 15th so it'll end by next week um, we already had this big um, Hideo Kojima um, sort of 50 minute demo of, uh, for Death Stranding because he admitted on Twitter that most people don't seem to know what he's doing um, but even he said in an interview that he doesn't understand what he's making so it's like okay <laughs> hopeful yeah so where are you guys where are you guys at on death stranding before we do specifics um i don't really know what you see yeah I, it looks cool it looks obviously it looks it looks really good mm -hmm. anyway, in terms of the graphics and obviously because they're motion capturing like other big actors like norman reedus and mads mickelson mm -hmm. and i can't remember the rest just like layers to do um oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Del Toro's in there. um but like in terms of like whatever the trailers have ever shown us it like I've got no idea what's going on. <laughs> like when it like goes into his throat and there's the baby, yep. and um, I figure that it's, this, it must be some kind of. I mean, I don't know if that's just for a trailer and that's like just imagery or is the baby actually inside him? Well, so they, they've kind of like clarified some stuff. So like there's, they put this thing out called the briefing trailer, which was uh, mainly, it's, it's tends to be the game's, it's not the opening cutscene, but it's very early on cutscene. Um, so like they sort of like clarified like the, the base sort of like, you know, the structure of the game. Like you're playing right. as Norman yeah, Reedus yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're trying to re re um, reconnect like a whole bunch of different cities across the US because in the future there's been this apocalyptic event where time has stopped and it fractured a whole bunch of different people to go back and live in their own little colonies. So right. you're playing as a, as a delivery man. Um, called Sam Bridges. Delivering babies. Um, no, you need a baby to stay in the in reality because if the baby's ill, then you fall into the underworld, then you got to fight all the demons. That's a big yeah, it's, it's, it's video game. It's, it's confusing. Like the the stuff they showed up at Gamescom uh, the other month was not good in my opinion. No, I hate it. Re it really threw me off. Like I wasn't that invested in Death Stranding, but that was the first time I like outwardly was like what the crap am I looking yeah. at man I think it's this just because they, they hyped up that reveal as well like, oh Hideo Kojima's gonna be and, there and then Hideo like straight away goes oh I'll see you at Tokyo Game Show yeah. and everyone just kind of went oh one of the first things he said was oh I was planning on showing more stuff at Tokyo Game Show but I've came, I've come here anyway it's like you probably shouldn't have done to be yeah. honest I don't need your little it, it dropped a lot of people off but that bridge the, the, uh, the, sorry, the, the briefing, briefing trailer has 
definitely got me back on board because mm. there's a bit more context because that was what was missing. That I feel like that should have been one of the first mm. trailers they yeah, chose and then they start showing all the weird stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because people needed that sort of... It's not even a context, but it kind of is a context. Like, you need a, it's a Because reason, people just yeah. didn't know what, what to expect at all, whereas mm -hmm. this, this briefing trailer gave you a bit more. So I'm... I'm more keen to actually play it when mm -hmm. it comes out later this year. Is that the thing you were going to say? I was no, I was going to ask. I was going to ask. Mm -hmm. uh, a briefing trailer is a common thing because that sounds sounds like <laughs> something that you would it probably normally should need. A um, briefing trailer. Like, I think it's weird because I think it just the makes thing, sense on their own. Yeah, I think the thing that he was trying to do with Death Stranding was kind of you know not reveal too much so that people would experience it in real yeah, time and yeah. whatever. But the the sheer reality that it is this AAA game, it is this thing that Sony have invested like millions of dollars into. It is this sort of massive, you know, it's the next game from the Metal Gear creator. Uh, we'll see. I mean, maybe. The, but I think that at some point he had to address the fact that it's out like on November fifteenth or whatever, yeah. and the vast majority of people like until the briefing trailer didn't really know what they were going to be doing in right, the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he also followed this up. There's the briefing trailer, which is the big cutscene, and um, which establishes Norman Reedus's or Sam Bridges' motivations. Uh, there's also a 50-minute uh, gameplay demo where he literally, right, yeah. Kojima just plays through it for 50 minutes and just shows you a whole bunch of mechanics. Um, so some specific things that came out of that are that the game's flow is pretty much a survival game, and um, where you're sort of you pick different things that you want to deliver to one of these cities, um, and you have to try and find a center of gravity. You're setting up your character to um, you're deciding whether you want to have different sort of items and boxes on your arms, on your back, on your legs, or whatever, um, and you're trying to find a center of gravity because that's going to make it harder oh. for you to walk oh right okay. <laughs> so you're going to topple over yes, like, literally. I mean the detail fine but it's also like how I mean it might be like it might almost be like a papers please kind of thing of like how can this be fun and then you play <laughs> yeah, it and go whoa yeah I mean they've got that and it's like it reminds me of like we Fit like trying to like balance on the board yeah, yeah. Um, oh my god it's going to have a uh, what's it called ring fit adventure functionality when they port get it, it on the, the switch. switch just get it on the <laughs> switch um, so yeah they've uh, that was one of the mechanics is that you're forever uh, walking is a mechanic in this um, but you can slip you can fall on rocks you can fall in water you can lose your cargo it can float off down the river and you've got to run back and get it. You can and, have um, a whiz. You can have a whiz. You can whiz on some mushrooms. It makes things grow. You've got all these different... Um, <laughs> it's a thing, you know, Kojima. Um, there's a oh. whole bunch of different meters in the game. Um, he needs to get sleep. Um, he has like a sort of general sort of pleasure, like a well-being sort of meter. Um, it shows him relaxing in a hot spring at one point, doing a bit of singing. There's a singing button if you want to sing. You know, <laughs> it's why not? Where, like, realism maybe is a bit too much. A little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm game for the dumbness, but I guess it depends how much it gets in the way of actual gameplay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the vast majority is this sort of survival type stuff. It's a lot of walking. Um, you get access to different drones that can carry stuff for you. It's a late game unlock, I guess. Um, you get a hoverboard that you can ride. Um, but yeah, they've sort of said that um, one of the main sort of things is just getting from A to B and, and sort of gamifying that process of climbing and exploring and, and foraging new ground and delivering stuff to people. And that seems to be one of the main hooks. And then just, like somehow the, the demon storyline fits into that. Well, so the demon stuff is that when you're on the way, and um, because of the whole time fracture thing that's like split everybody apart, um, most people have been sort of separated into this underworld, this underground sort of weird, like I said, demon realm. Um, and all those spirits are always trying to like reach up and grab people and pull yeah, them down. Yeah, so yeah. occasionally it turns into more of a third person shooter where you'll get dragged into the underworld and you have to fight like big bosses and big things with demon heads and whatever. So it's kind of a game of two halves. But what do you think I about how it's coming together? Kind of intrigued, but also like, okay, what the hell is he doing? You want to carry some boxes, mate? Mm, put, them your, put them on your head? Maybe. Bam, 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 <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think, I think you just got to wait and see. But it's like, it hasn't it hasn't gripped me enough to think I'm 100% getting this. I mm, feel like yeah. I will. I definitely will at midnight, I'm, but that's me. I'm not completely sure. I might get, it might get to that, like, it's like 11.59. I'm yep. like, do I, do I, do I, do I, do I? <laughs> And then either I will or I won't, but mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm very much on the fence. I'm kind of intrigued because I want to I want to play a Kojima game and mm. actually experience whatever the hell it is he does. You should just play Metal Gear. But like at this stage, yeah, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's in a weird spot for me. It is where you are on it. Um, I don't really uh, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really buy games unless I'm com- like as as you said, I'm completely invested in like. Um, so this is kind of it's to be honest. I'm probably not going to buy it, right. but I might. I might. I might find out some news about it online or mm-hmm. whatever. But like, I only really. Uh, and, and in terms of like demon stuff, I'm just looking forward to Doom. Oh, shall we? Yeah. If you're going to talk about like, <laughs> general sort of games that are doing demons well for the rest yeah, of 2019, yeah, yeah. it's I mean, that's definitely the most Doom. satisfying thing I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I tried going back to it actually, but it wasn't as. I don't know, it's still great, but like, yeah. it's, obviously it's not the first time I play. So I'd much rather, in terms of the Death Stranding, Death Stranding, mm-hmm. um, that side of the game sounds pretty interesting. I didn't even realize that was part of the game. I right. just thought it was like Norman Reedus the baby and, and walking around mm-hmm. delivering boxes, as you say. Uh, but then if there's like a sort of like demon thing, that sounds pretty cool. Oh, there's some demon thing. It's uh, Yeah, there's, there's like, they showed a boss battle. It's like this uh, sort of giant weird mutant thing that's sort of made of like tentacles with a face and he's like throwing grenades at it. Also a little tiny DL, which is just brilliant and very Kojima. The grenades are made of bodily fluids. So, nice. you know, so it's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> and I leave Bye. the room. So yeah, you get, uh, I'm going to detail two of these. You get blood grenades, which are the more sort of explosive ones. He makes them with his own blood. The other ones are made and they're not, it's not that bad. And you get like a couple of grenades for what's, the entire game then. Just like, is made of the it said the other one's made of every other fluid that comes off him when he takes a shower so he just there's a little actually, every, a ca- other, every fluid. other fluid every other fluid so I don't know if you can customise that I don't know if the, yeah, yeah. eating all the shrooms gives you different fluids I don't know but at the minute we're getting fluid grenades bodily fluid grenades I need to watch this but I'm also completely done <laughs> yeah, yeah, completely yeah. done I kind of didn't think it could get more Kojima but he's just he's just steering in no, he's, he's, just, he's going into he's it. Done he's, it he's doing a 2k so you've gone mad with power yes and, uh, it's kind of <laughs> glorious and also kind of tragic but yeah let us know what you think down in the comments below of the general state of Death Stranding and everything else that we've covered so far. For now, though, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast and I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Rich Hudson. Thank you for listening. And Peter Graves. Thank you very much. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.